using your time effectively on today's episode. Today's episode is brought to you by ConvertKit. To find out how ConvertKit can help you grow your business, save money, and increase your relationship with your email list, head over to servenomaster.com backslash ConvertKit right now. Are you tired of dealing with your boss? Do you feel underpaid and underappreciated? If you want to make it online, fire your boss and start living your retirement dreams now, then you've come to the right place. Welcome to Serve No Master Podcast, where you'll learn how to open new revenue streams and make money while you sleep. Presented live from a tropical island in the South Pacific by best-selling author, Jonathan Green. Now, here's your host. Over the last couple of weeks, things have been really hectic around here. And a series of complicated events have kind of knocked my podcast off track a little bit. And I'm kind of rebuilding that. I'm putting things back in order. And I want to take you through these things that have been going on for me and how I've been adapting to them. And it all comes down to organizing between high and low, low priority projects. So before I went to America, about the week before I went to America, I started having problems with my eyes. And they got so bad that for a little while I was afraid that I was going blind. My eyes were hurting all the time. I was struggling to get my work done. All of these things were adding up and I was getting more and more scared. Over the last few weeks I've discovered that I can only work so many hours per day before my eyes start to have to stop. So even when I want to work longer, I can't. A couple of things have happened and I've taken a lot of actions to improve my eyes. I have really special computer using glasses. I have special computer monitors that knock away 70% of the blue light. I've got special lights up behind the monitors that generate bias lighting whenever we're working. I do all of these different things. I have my computer set to a thing called movie mode using a special lighting filter that turns the screens almost fully yellow. It makes it really hard for me to edit images anymore because I have no idea what color they're actually going to be for anyone else who sees them. Everything I see is pretty much pure sepia. It feels like I'm looking at 1800s photos, but it allows me to work a little bit longer. On most days, I can work about eight hours and then my eyes start to go bad, I have to stop. What's good about it is it's actually forcing me to live a healthier lifestyle. Whenever my eyes start to act up, I go exercise on the ocean or I go for a walk with my wife and kids. I do something and so it's helped me to control my tendency to overwork, my tendency to work hard. Sometimes I just wanna grind, 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 grind. And I'll end up working instead of the shift I plan on working, which is usually 7 a.m. to 3 p.m. with a one hour lunch, sometimes I'll end up working starting at 5 a.m. and I'll work all the way till 7, 8 or 9 p.m. Not because I have to, I love what I do. I always thought that I would be someone who has a very casual approach to work and life, but it turns out at following my father's footsteps, I work too much. I live on the beach and I noticed that some days I wouldn't even leave the house. I wouldn't even go outside for two or three days, but now, I leave the house three or four times a day because of my eyes. So as much as it's like this limiting burden, it's also kind of made my life a little better. So it's a interesting dynamic, right? It's a cloud, but a silver lining. I can't work that much because my eyes start hurting, but it forces me to do things that are better with my life anyways. I can't use a lot of leisure time to play video games. At most, if I want to relax and play a video game, I can play for about 30 minutes and then I got to rest because my eyes get dry. And I've gotten a lot of advice from people about ways to improve my eyes and I've done everything that I can find so far from setting up the lighting to how I distance myself from the monitors, all of these different things I'm trying to do. And recently someone told me about a supplement I can take that specifically helps your eyes when they have eye strain. So I might check that out next. I'm, all, I'm looking for every way to do that. But all of these problems with my eyes lead up to, okay, I can work less, which means I need to be even more efficient. On top of that, over the last few weeks, 
we've had a couple of medical scares with the kids. I flipped the kayak with my wife inside it recently. Me and her flipped it, which meant I had to swim all the way back from the waves to home, which was a great workout. I wasn't really worried because I know how to really take care of her. I'm really good with my kayak, but I know she was worried for a little while and she was pretty scared. So I'm glad that everything was okay. We do all of these things together. And then the day after that, <laughs> even after all these things, right? She decides that she thinks she's pregnant, which I think is crazy because she's been on an antibiotic for a week. We went to the doctor before she started taking the medicine. The doctor goes, okay, you're definitely not pregnant. You can take the antibiotic, it's no problem. She finishes taking the antibiotic this week and like a day or two later, she goes, I just took a pregnancy test, it looks positive. Now where we live, the pregnancy tests are really uh, cheap. We can't get access to the fancy ones you have in America. The ones we have caught here cost less than a dollar. I was like, mm, this costs less than a condom around here. Shouldn't the pregnancy test, which is like a little fancier, cost more than a condom, but it costs less where we live. And I looked at it and it's, you can't really tell. One color, one, there's like the two lines. One line is really dark and then the other line is like halfway in the middle. So she goes to her doctor. I'm like, doctor, how can I be pregnant when you just told me last week I wasn't? And the doctor, she comes home and tells me what the doctor said. And the doctor says to her, hey, you're pregnant. You need to start taking your prenatal vitamins. It's time to get ready. You're going to have a baby. You've been pregnant for four weeks. And I said to my wife, are you sure? That sounds, I said, why weren't you, why didn't she know that a week ago if you've been pregnant for a month? And she goes, well, she said to me, oh, you know, I checked everything out and you're pregnant 50-50. And I said, wait a minute. <laughs> In the first version of the story, you didn't mention this 50-50 part. She goes, yeah, the doctor said 50%. Uh, she goes, what does that mean? And I said, it means maybe. It means you're just as likely pregnant as not pregnant. I can point to any woman on earth and go, oh, 50-50, she's pregnant. <laughs> like, it's just a guess. The odds are pretty good that anyone who doesn't look pregnant is 50-50 pregnant, right? So now we're dealing with that surprise. What do you do? when your doctor, after a full exam, checking everything, goes, oh, 50% chance you're pregnant. Do we start taking prenatal vitamins? Do we start doing these other things? We're definitely not using the same doctor that we used for my son. We definitely wanna have our child in a better hospital, which means we either have to fly to the city where the hospital is, and if we fly and me and my wife go, me and my wife and my son can travel quite easily because my son is young enough that he flies for free. But if we leave our daughter behind, she'll feel left behind. And when we start to bring her, the cost goes up so much, it's actually cheaper for us to take a boat. We can take a boat where you get a cabin for all four of us for about the same price as the three of us would go. So the upgrade, we have to decide about that. And it's not so bad. It's like an eight hour boat ride and you're in a cabin and it's at night. But what's weird is we go to the other island, we get to the island at 7 a.m. 12 hours later at 7 p.m. is when the boat leaves and it arrives at 3 a.m. in the other city. So it's like the worst times for booking hotels and figuring things out. So it's a little bit of a complex decision of traveling back and forth and figuring out what we're gonna do. The good thing is though, if we take the boat and we wanna buy something, you know, we can bring stuff back with us. It's not a hassle. You can bring lots of stuff on the boat. My friend does it all the time. That's why he prefers the boat. So all of these things are going on in my life. I'm sharing these things with you to kind of explain why things have been disjointed. And while all of this has been happening because of my eyes, I haven't been doing as many podcast episodes as I should. Because on top of everything else, my son has started waking up at 5 a.m. He used to wake up at 6. I would get up at 5, record two podcast episodes before he wakes up, and now he wakes up when I do. This morning I woke up at 5.05 a.m. I wake up right at 5. I don't use an alarm. I don't know why, but I always wake up right around 5. Fortunately, the kids, something happened in the night, I guess, and my wife and the kids went and slept in the other room where the air conditioner works a little better. Our air conditioner has also been acting weird, so it's a little bit hot. All these things are going on. I'm not sharing these things with you to show, oh, my life is so traumatic. I'm more explaining how a bunch of things in my life have put a new pressure on the amount of time I have available. And so I've been load balancing, which is where I'm determining what is the most valuable things to do. And the way I work and the way I've taught you to work in a lot of the different projects is, 
a balance between short and long-term projects. So a short-term project, for example, is a project that I'm working on right now. I got hired for a cool research project. I've been working and doing copywriting for some guys in the medical field. And I wrote them a sales letter before. It took me um, about two months to do it. And they paid me a lot of money, it was awesome. They paid me half upfront, half on delivery. This time, they're paying me less money. And all I do is the research. I, I find all the medical research and proof for each part of a sales letter. It's about 10% the work, and I'll be done probably by Monday. I'll be in the next couple of days. So it's like a week's worth of work as opposed to eight weeks worth of work. It's a really great project. And what's cool is that it's so short. I get that first payment and the second payment almost the same week. I really like that. That's a short term project and it pays very, very well because I'm very, very good at this type of research. That's why they approached me to do it. It doesn't take a huge amount of bandwidth. I'm not working on eight hours a day either, but I do a really, really good job because I'm very efficient at this type of work. I know exactly what they need. That's a short term project because you get paid fast. Now, short-term projects pay less money than long-term projects. Long-term project would be where I did the exact same amount of work, but instead of getting paid a flat fee, I go, hey, just give me a percentage of the profits. Now, the danger about that type of work is that sometimes people accept that and make that agreement and then they don't pay you. That's just life. I have a, several of those things out there right now, and sometimes they pay me and sometimes they don't. I have someone who was supposed to pay me a percentage of growth. I doubled their website profit, and I'm still waiting for them to start paying me. Now, they went through a couple of medical emergencies of their own, and then they're like, oh, let's meet in person. Let's have a meeting. I think I have a meeting later this week with them to kind of finalize stuff and start the money again. But these things happen. That's the risk. The long-term payouts, the slow pays, those things can take a long time to pay. And sometimes they don't pay off that well. But sometimes they really do. I've also worked on a project where I wrote a book for someone, one of the first projects I worked on, and they said, oh, we'll give you 10%, whatever. This is your percentage, and we'll do it, yada, yada. I didn't make $1 from that project for more than a year. But then since then, I've made a lot of money. I still make 30 to $100 a week from that. Every single week, it pays off. It's just a little bit, but if you add it up, it's way more than I would have charged just to write the book flat fee. At the time, I probably would have done it for $1,000. Since then, I've made almost 100 times that. So we have to look at these different things. And again, we have projects that we're excited about the most. I tend to get really excited about long-term projects and less excited about short-term projects. We need to look for that balance. What you don't want to do is only work on one or only work on the other. If you're only working on short-term projects to pay your bills, you're constantly chasing that. You'll never get ahead. So let's say you can generate every month $5,000 in short-term projects, but that's what you need to keep your business running. That's what you need to keep your family fed and your house taken care of. Then you'll never be able to actually get ahead because you won't have money coming in from somewhere else. But let's say you add in just one long-term project. You finish a long-term project and it makes you $100 a month. So now, every month, you're making $5,100, but you only need $5,000 to do it. So you're getting $100 ahead every month. When you add in your second project, you get $200 a month. That gives you enough breathing room to do a bigger project that brings another $500 a month. So in six months, you're generating $6,000 a month, even though you only need five to keep your family going. And this is where you start to actually notice you have a little breathing room. So then that month, you actually work even less. You only make $5,000 because you do less short-term work, but you take on another long-term project, and then that is generating $2,000 a month from long-term work. This is how we want to start load balancing till we get to the point where we're living totally on long-term money or passive income. An example of a long-term project for me, another example is the book 20K a Day. I just recently sent out edit and early review copies to a bunch of people. That book is now in the final movement. It's gonna to go to the editor in a week or two, and then I'll release it. I'm excited about that. I'm excited to get it out into the world. 
but that's a long-term project. I actually started working on it in October. So more than six months to release the book because a couple of things happened. I dictated the entire book, which led to a bunch of editing problems. Now I have to figure out some changes in my business because dictating a book, what's really good about that is that it doesn't hurt my eyes. So I'm gonna have to do more and more and more dictating actually. I'm learning to overcome this particular challenge because it's a medical problem for me. So as we have these limitations, we have to constantly look for, I have these unique medical problems that I have to learn to adapt and overcome. And the way to do that, looking at this, is that the next book I write, the next thing I do, I'll have to work with a transcriptionist. I may have to hire a full-time person to transcribe stuff I work on, which is fine, but that means an additional long-term cost, so I have to generate enough revenue to cover that cost of that person, whatever the full-time salary is, but it's something I'll have to do if my eyes don't get better, so I can keep writing books as fast as I do. So all of these different things mean I have to constantly load balance and it's deciding, hey, do I upload a podcast episode today? For me, recording a podcast episode is quite easy. The rest of it takes a little bit of time. Once I get it back processed, I still have to write and create the podcast episode around that. And that takes me about 30 minutes, 30 to 45 minutes per episode to make all the graphics, make everything cool, make it really nice. And when my eyes are acting up, I simply can't do it. I don't have enough time. Instead, I'm working on stuff to fill up the war chest to make sure that my staff get paid, make sure my family is okay. Make sure that we have the money to cover it when my daughter has to go to the hospital and we have to pay for the medical insurance when my wife is 50-50 pregnant. So as you're building a business, even as you move forward more and more, you're gonna to have to make these decisions. This is the second phase of online business success. So the first level of success, the first area you'll deal with is working versus not working. You'll sit down, you're at home and you go, oh, I could work for two hours on my project or I could watch a movie or I could spend some time with my wife, spend some time with my husband, spend some time with my kids. I could go out to the bar and have some fun. And so at first, the challenge is working versus not working. And the second phase, what we're talking about today, is working on good and bad projects or working efficiently, choosing the right things. It's easy to get excited about a project, but we always want to do, and the way to do this is to look at how much money will I make over how much time. And constantly look at your ins and outs of your business and say, will this generate enough revenue that it should be my priority right now? Only when I've generated enough revenue to cover my business for the whole next month do I then look at what I'm gonna do for long-term projects? So I make sure all the bills this month are paid, I make sure that all the staff is paid, I don't wanna dip into the savings ever, I always wanna be paying people out of the monthly income. Once all of the month's bills are, are covered, in between what Amazon is paying me, in between what I'm making from short-term projects, then I can look at, okay, what do I wanna build next? What can I do that's gonna generate long-term revenue? That's how we start to assess. Now I have some friends that I've been working with that are really experts in time management. And of course, I can never find the time to go through their courses or to master their software. I wish that I could. But we always have this balancing. I'm this interesting dichotomy because I'm not very well organized in the sense that I don't know what I'm gonna do today. I don't have a written out, I don't have a pre-written schedule. But I get lots of stuff done and I always get enough done to cover all the bills, to take care of my family, to let us live in paradise and continue to grow. So then we have things we need to fix we have surprise bills, we always have enough money for that. And this is really just real life, isn't it? This is just what it's like to run a family. This is just what it's like to be the breadwinner, to be responsible for things and to move your family in a new direction. You know, to go from working at a job you hate to building a job you love. All of these things are about making the right decisions. Most of the people I talk to, most of the coaching clients I work with, the problem is not free time, their problem is not that they're hard workers, their problem is not intelligence, it's usually choosing the right thing to invest their time on. Choosing the right way to invest your time can be challenging. 
And what I recommend doing is start objectively. Look at stuff and go, okay, I need to do this, and I need to do this, and I need to do this before you start working for the day. Every day I sit down and go, what do I want to work on today? What's the priority? Now, for me, one of the challenges is that I check my email first thing in the morning, so sometimes my email takes five minutes. Earlier this week, one day I woke up, there was no email at my Serve No Master account. For the first time in almost a year, I hadn't gotten an email in the night. Yesterday, I had almost 20 emails, which means it took me over an hour to reply to everyone. Normally, I wake up between, there's normally three and 10 every day, so some, one day there weren't any, the next day there were double. I don't always know how long it's gonna take, and sometimes people send me stuff that I have to check right away. Yesterday, there was a tech support complaint. Someone said, oh, I can't access my purchase. And I went in, I logged in as her, I used her login, and I went to my members area, I logged in, I went and clicked on all the links to access the product that she had purchased, so everything worked fine for me. What that means, I sent her uh, the pictures and said, hey, I logged in as you, I used your news and your password, I went through everything, everything worked perfect for, for me. I can't replicate your mistake. And I sent a couple of things, you know, like refresh your browser, try using a different uh, browser on your computer, try using a different device, maybe the problem's on your iPad, but you can access on your laptop. I sent her some of that advice, which I hate sending it to people because it seems kind of trite. It's like I didn't fix your problem, but maybe I did. So I may have a second tech report email from her and I have to deal with that. So whenever someone sends in something like that, that becomes my number one priority. I always want to fix anything tech support. I want to answer every single person who emails me. If you email me today, I'll answer you tomorrow morning my time. I always do that. That's my first priority. And sometimes that can knock my focus off track. And I have all these short and long-term projects, side projects I'm working on and balancing those with what I want to finish. I just finished the second rewrite of 20K a day and sent out their early reviews to people. And I'm kind of not looking at that until they come back. I'm not gonna look at anything until these 10 or 20 people have all read it and give me back their feedback and kind of tweaked it. Then I'll send it to the editor, the final editor, and then I'll release it. That's my plan. That took a long time and that'll generate some revenue. But then at the same time, I've just finished recording the videos for the main course and bonuses for a course called Kindle Sniper, which is something that I built to be what people can purchase right behind Breaking Orbit. So I've kind of built a little two-step funnel there around a specific product, and I'm gonna launch it on a different payment processor. It's really gonna be separated from Serve No Master. But I just finished those videos, and that course is gonna sell for, I don't know, 37 to $57, something in that range. So it's gonna sell for far more than 20K a day. And that's a long-term project. I've been working on that for Again, almost as long as 20K a day, actually. Outlining and when I have free time recording it. I recorded the first 10 videos like two months ago. Then I, this week I said, you know what, I'm just gonna quickly record the rest of these. Recording videos is actually easier on my eyes. So I like doing, oh, for these, because their slides are already done, I like that. So I can get them done when my eyes are hurting a little bit. So these are the projects I'm working on, because I want to give you a feel for what it's like when you're fully working for yourself, that you need to be strategic about how you spend your time. You'll be tempted to work on stuff that's fun or that's exciting. And sometimes you'll look at something and go, wow, this is gonna be really fun, but it might not make any money for a long time. But sometimes you just wanna get it done. And so you kind of have to say, okay, I'll give this an hour a day, or they give this two hours a day. And if you're having problems, sometimes you'll have to push down. Like for me, I love doing the podcasts, but because of all the things in my family, unfortunately, the, that's the thing that got put to the side first. I actually have, even though there's been a gap, if you notice there's been a gap, I haven't released a podcast episode for about two weeks. I have a bunch done. It's not that I haven't recorded them, it's that I can't upload them. So kind of dealing with that problem, and I'm adapting and because of, if I don't fix my eyes, I may have to switch to doing a podcast once a week. Even though I can easily record enough episodes, it's the writing and the uploading and the preparation part. So there are challenges that I have to face and overcome and I'm learning how to do that. 
you're going to run into your own different sets of challenges. You're going to start working on something and then one of your kids needs attention. If your kids are older, maybe one of them is going through some marital troubles and needs to stay with you for three days. You can't spend that time working, right? You got to be there for them. All of these challenges are going to come in and out of your life. It's just the way the world works and that's okay. The great thing about this business, the great thing about working for yourself, the great thing about a business that's so low overhead like this is that you can do shifts and push down how much things cost. You can control your overhead and say, okay, you know what? I gotta take care of my kids, everyone you got next week off. You can go work on your side projects. Cause most of the people that work for me have side projects too. In fact, probably all of them do, right? People who work independently, just like me. People who work for me are all working on side stuff. It's the nature of the beast, it continues and then the people, they hire people to work for them and then they'll work on the side projects too. So everyone has their own side stuff to work on. Sometimes that's what you do. Sometimes you pause a couple of your accounts that you're spending money and you say, hey, take some time away from this and work on other stuff. So I want you to, before you start each day or before you start each week, just organize your plan a little bit. And part of the reason this is on my mind is because I have a lot of structural and calendar strategies for becoming a fast rider. That's a 20K a day is about all about riding fast. And again, if you have a little bit of strategy at the beginning of the week, you could do some great things. Now, here's a simple system that I use to plan what I'm gonna work on each day. I look at every one of my projects and I say short-term or long-term money. So that's two categories, short-term, long-term. Then I rank them based on priority. And there's a couple ways that you can do it. Mostly I rank them based on how much money I'll make and how long it will take me to finish the project. So if I have a project that'll pay $1,000 and a project that'll pay $10,000, and I can finish the $1,000 project this week or the $10,000 project over the next eight weeks, I'm gonna do the $1,000 project first because it's short-term fast money then I'll begin to work more and more on the long-term project. So each day I say, okay, I'm gonna give this many hours to short-term and this many hours to long-term. And that's how I begin to divide up my day. It's a more basic strategy. It's kind of similar to, if you've ever seen one of those movies about card counting, I think the movie's called 21 or whatever, and they say, winner, winner, chicken dinner. I'm not a blackjack guy at all, that's all I know about it. But basic card counting is you basically assign a value of one, zero, or negative one to a group of cards, and you're counting up and down or something. And this is the same idea, you use a more basic system. For me, trying to get really complicated with deciding what to work on starts taking up too much time and I can spend three hours organizing what I should work on. And I know that's a rabbit hole some people fall into. They spend more time organizing than they do working. And so organizing and prioritizing stuff all the time is how you can start to build your rhythm. You can start to get good at it in the way that I don't seem organized because how can I explain, oh, I look at everything and I give it a plus one or a plus two value, you know, and I, and I divide stuff into two categories, short-term and long-term money, and then I just kind of work my way through it. It sounds like I don't have a strategy because it's so simple. I have a bunch of friends who are masters of time management. They have these amazing courses, they have these amazing books, they have this amazing software, and it's all wonderful. But for me to invest the time to learn it, even though they say, oh, you get your time back, I just right now can't do it because my limitations right now are not from wasting time, they're from family and medical things. So I'm learning to live inside this new gate and I wanted to share with you a little bit of what's going on in my life so you understand what's been happening, but also help you to understand how I prioritize and organize my day. Even today, I kind of have been organizing what am I gonna work on and I've just decided to change the short-term project I'm gonna work on because one of the short-term projects, the person started messaging me over and over again, is this done, is this done, is this done? And I realized, you know what, I can finish it today. And then I can say to the person, yeah, it's done, it's ready to go. And that'll be perfect. So sometimes it's about messaging the person back or giving the person that satisfaction they need to go to the next step. These are the things that we do to begin structuring our days 
appropriately. These are the ways that we can get ahead. These are the ways that we can organize a day quickly. Instead of it taking me five hours, it just takes me about five minutes. Once I check all my messages, I go, okay, this is what I gotta work on, this is what I wanna work on. That's really a better way of describing my day, isn't it? Gotta wanna. I gotta work on the short-term stuff to make sure that I keep those clients happy, keep the money rolling in, keep my family a step ahead, and I wanna work on the long-term projects because eventually that means that I can go full passive income again, which means I can just live without doing any work at all. And I wanna get to that point at some day, but the truth is I love what I do. I love working. That's why I've been overworking, not because I have to, but because I love it. Think about how you're gonna plan your days, organize your projects so you don't spend too much time on you gotta work on or too much time on what you wanna do, but you find that right balance that ensures you hit your numbers quickly and you stay the course so that you can very quickly escape the nine to five and just like me, serve no master. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Serve No Master. Make sure you subscribe so you never miss another episode. We'll be back tomorrow with more tips and tactics on how to escape that rat race. Head over to servenomaster.com forward slash podcasts now for your chance to win a free copy of Jonathan's bestseller, Serve No Master. All you have to do is leave a five-star review of this podcast. See you tomorrow. You've just listened to another amazing episode of the Serve No Master podcast. Make sure to subscribe and we'll be back tomorrow with another amazing episode.